series in our morning um, meetings called The Heart of Jesus. And we had that desire to know Jesus better in this coming year. And we're looking afresh at the key moments of Jesus' life, those significant things that he said and he did, but also trying to look deeper from other scriptures to understand his heart more and more. And as we look at Jesus, we discover good news. He is for us. It's good news for the discouraged and the frustrated and the weary and the disappointed and the cynical and the empty and the broken and the hungry and the faithful and the joyful and the expectant. That covers us all, I think. And the sort of base camp we've used for this series is Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, when Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this morning, I want us to look at another aspect of Jesus' heart and of his love that he expresses for us, and this is his sympathy. To sympathize means to suffer along with, and we are encouraged with the Bible that tells us that he is with us in our weaknesses. It's good news. There is one who knows you completely and loves you unconditionally. So from Hebrews 4, verse 14 to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. These verses speak of the heart of Jesus. The risen and ascended Lord Jesus is just as approachable and just as compassionate as he was when he walked on this earth. And if we were to put an ear to his heart, what would we hear? Like a spiritual stethoscope we would feel the beating of his heart in his his affections and his longings for us. There's this wonderful verse in Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 11. It's this picture of God as he tends his flock like a shepherd and he gathers his lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. That's a picture of God and us. He carries us close to his heart. 
If we were to listen to his heart, we would hear that we are completely known and unconditionally loved. And so this morning, I want to focus on those few verses that talk about Jesus and his sympathy for us. The letter to the Hebrews was written to Christians. Well, the whole New Testament was written to Christians facing persecution, facing difficult times. And they were under pressure to give up, to give up on their faith, to renounce Jesus. There were pressures from within and pressures from without. And Hebrews is an encouragement for the church to hold on to faith, to hold on to their confession and their confidence because he is for us. It's sometimes easier to believe that when everything's going well. It's ironic, really. When everything's going well, yeah, God is with us. God is for us. We're victorious. Everything's going really well. But actually, this text encourages us when we're feeling the opposite, when everything isn't going well. In fact, sometimes things go pear-shaped. And in our weakness, in our frailty, or in our pain, or in our doubts, or our fears, God wants us to know He is with us, and He is for us. We are completely known and unconditionally loved. He sympathizes with us. He is not a God who is distant and aloof, but one who has walked where we have walked, who is with us always. Even in our pain and our suffering and our struggles, His love is a love that never holds back. But the writer to the Hebrews actually says something quite shocking in these verses. I'll come to that in a moment. Prepare to be shocked in a moment. I don't know if any of you remembers that there was a Martin Scorsese film about Jesus in the late 80s. It was called The Last Temptation of Christ. You may have heard of it. And many Christians were outraged and offended and shocked by it and shocked on God's behalf. Although I do personally think that God is able to handle anything that those who don't really honor him throw at him. It depicted a fictional, fictional final temptation of Jesus by the devil to disobey his father by lusting after Mary Magdalene and avoiding the cross and pursuing his desire to marry Mary. That was the film. Now, there are a number of reasons why I dislike the film. Because, for one, it's completely unhistorical. It ignores all the accounts of Jesus' life written by those who knew him best. And it shows those very cheap shock and titillation over serious consideration of the real Jesus. But actually, the writer to the Hebrews 
says something that is more shocking than the Martin Scorsese film. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way, just as you and I are. Notice he doesn't say Jesus was tempted in some ways that you and I are. Jesus was tempted in every way that you and I are. But he did not sin. Reflect for a moment on why that is such good news. Jesus came to rescue us. Because in our sin and rebellion, we turned away from God and he came to pay the price for our sin. He came as a human being in all its frailty and weakness, yet he did not sin. If Jesus had sinned, he couldn't save us. The wages of sin are death. Jesus offers his perfect life for our sinful ones so that we might be saved. And if Jesus were not fully human and tempted in every way just as we are, he would not be able to understand us completely. Everything about us, all the thoughts we've ever had, he understands them. Jesus is not some spectator savior, hiding in the safety of heaven, looking down on our mess and pointing out our weaknesses and failures. Do you know people sometimes think that's what God is like? That he's some sort of heavenly policeman just looking out for our mistakes to point them out? Not a bit of it. He loves you so much. That he left his throne in heaven. He came as one of us to rescue you, to rescue me. And he endured greater temptation than any of us. Because of who he was. He has been tempted in every way, just as we are. There is no temptation that we face that Jesus hasn't faced down for us in our weaknesses whether it be sexual temptation, temptation toward pride, despair, dishonesty, addiction, temptations toward unforgiveness and bitterness, temptation to self-pity and self-centeredness, selfishness. He has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Now, all of us have been tempted and the bad news is that all of us had fallen at one point or another. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus didn't, hasn't, never will. Edward last week, helpfully, really great message if you haven't listened to it. It's on SoundCloud, also available on YouTube. When he talked about the temptations of Jesus in the desert by the devil. 
And wasn't it wonderful as he recounted that story that Jesus could not be deceived, he could not be tempted, he could not. The devil has never failed with any human being, ever. And he fails with Jesus. And Jesus in his humanity, that's what we need to remember, Jesus didn't respond to the devil and say, I'm God, who are you? He responded as a human being and says, the Bible says, the Bible says. Our God knows what it is like to be you. If you're sitting here this morning and you think, nobody knows what it's like to be me. No one understands what it's like to be me. Jesus does. He sympathizes with our every weakness. And he understands us completely. And we're so grateful that he remained untouched by sin. Holy. Innocent. Jesus knew what it liked to be Thirsty, hungry, despised, rejected, scorned, hated, shamed, abandoned, lonely, misunderstood, betrayed, falsely accused, tortured, and executed. Had he lived today, every last Twitter follower and Facebook friend would have unfriended him. He would have been cancelled. I don't do Twitter or Facebook, so people tell me about it. You can be unfriended. How does that happen? Unfriended. Digitally. Jesus will never, ever, 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 ever unfriend you. Even when Judas came to betray him with a kiss... Do you know if you read it in the Gospels, it says, friend. Jesus calls him friend, even at that moment. He will never unfriend you. He understands what we go through and how we feel. He understands when relationships get broken. He understands the pain. He understands our feelings of futility sometimes. He understands when we feel life has passed us by. He understands when we can't sort out our emotions and frustrations. Because he knows us completely and loves us unconditionally. In short, when the fallenness of this world closes in and we want to give up sometimes, he is right there with us. The one who knows and understands and draws near. He has made our approach to God possible by approaching us. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Always first. He loves us first. And he sympathizes with our weaknesses. Suffers with us. Suffers for us. And our struggles, because we all have them. If you've ever come to church and think, why is everyone else so 
got it, everything together. They're all perfect except me. I'm sitting in this chair and I'm the imperfect one in the church. I want you to know we're all imperfect. We're all a little bit broken. We've all got stuff going on. But Jesus knows us and he loves us. That's why we love him so much. What, how would we walk away from a love like that? And Jesus is the only one who knows the real cost of sin because he paid it in full. His sinlessness is our salvation. Not only does he pull us out of a hole of sin, he gets in the hole with us and walks us out of it. He doesn't lob down a pet talk from heaven. He comes down and gets in it with us. He meets us in our need and calls us to put our hand in his and trust him completely. We are completely known and unconditionally loved. So don't be offended by the writer to the Hebrews that says, Jesus was subject to every temptation unto to man and woman, This is good news. He knows us, he understands us, he sympathizes with our weaknesses, and he is the only one able to deliver us because he has won the victory on the cross and through his resurrection. And so the writer to the Hebrews says in verse 16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Do you have a need this morning? Bring it to Jesus. Are you feeling weak this morning? Bring it to Jesus. Is there something going on in your life that perhaps no one else knows about? Well, Jesus knows about it. Come and meet with him this morning. Do you need healing or deliverance this morning? then come to Jesus. Where else would we go? It's been so encouraging for Edward and I and and the leaders as we've reflected on the last couple of weeks. People have been healed. Someone recently asked me, how's your church going? And it's always, I I always want more. So I I end up saying, I want more. But I was reflecting, people have been healed recently. People have been saved recently. The poor have been fed recently. I think that's Jesus' stuff. And we want more. And the wonderful thing is there is more. So I'm going to ask the band to come back. We've got time. Verity said, would you preach a short while? I have. I know some of you will get to the door and say, that was really great. Can you do that short one again? You know. <laughs> I know, I know. I was reminded of this song. We don't, we don't often sing it. Do you remember a song called What a Friend We Have in Jesus? I want to read it to you. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear... What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. 
Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And we're going to do that as we respond in song. Um, We have space available for prayer. Do encourage you if you want someone to pray with you today. If there's something in the talk that's resonated with you or you need healing or you need just whatever that need is, we want to pray about it. We don't have to know all the details if that's, you, know, you don't want to share that, but we want to pray about it. We've seen God move in recent weeks. We want to press more into that. If you have a need, come and meet with Jesus in a fresh way. But you don't have to come out here. It's always embarrassing to be in front of people. That's why we set aside this place over here. Edward will be over there and others from the team just to welcome anyone who needs prayer. But we're going to use these songs because we've got some time to worship God together. So should we pray? invite you to stand as we pray.